Got your Twitters out? If you want to be known for something other than what you're known for now, you have to do something other than what you've done in the past. Amen? Is that gospel? If you want to be known for something other than what you're known for now, you've got to do something different than what you've done in the past. Amen? All right. Amen. Let's move on. It's new beginning time. Somebody say amen. It's new resolution time. It's fresh start season. It's do-over season. I, I, I get silly about this time. I love it because, you know, I, I love this time of year. It's silly because the grace of God gives you a do-over every day. Amen? And, and the grace of God isn't marked on a calendar like only, you only get a fresh start January. The grace of God is available every day for a fresh start day and night. But, but there's something that you could feel the power of a new beginning. Amen? At this time of year. Anybody excited about a fresh start? Come on, come on. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, Father, we just welcome, we thank you, God, that your spirit is all over this place, God. We thank you for your presence surrounding us even now, Lord. Father, I ask you to reach us, teach us, and bleach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about this message this morning, the opportunity to share with you on the last Sunday of the year. I want to talk to you about stepping out in faith. I want to talk to you about being bold, about being the kind of people that other people look at and, and they have to ask, why, why, why can they smile in the midst of a storm? Right? I, I, I want to be the kind of people that other people ask, where does that power come from? How can they trust in these economic times? How can they stand with everything that they're going through? How can they be secure when everything around them is shaking? Amen? I, I, I want to be the kind of people that other people look at and they have to ask, where does that joy come from? How can they be faithful after all they've been through? How, how, how can they still be so nice? You, you ever look at people and say, how can you be so nice with everything you've gone through? Amen? And then you look at grumpy people and say, why are you so grumpy? You ain't even been through nothing. I want to be the kind of people that people ask, why are they still so nice? How can they still love unconditionally in a conditional world? Why aren't they worried? Why aren't they scared? Why haven't they given up yet? How can they be so fearless? I want to talk to you this morning about being fearless. Whew. I'm excited. I've been reading on this, I've been studying, I've been listening to messages, I've been reading books. I'm so fired up I can't even stand myself right now. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking he's probably going to talk about the building and how God touched hearts and made things possible and provided finances, yada, yada, yada. But I'm not going to go into all that. Even though I love to brag on God, I could tell you that story all day the way that happened. But you know why I'm not? That was yesterday's miracle. I'm still serving the same God today. That I was serving yesterday when that happened. 
I'm still serving the same God. I'm still trusting him with some other situations. I'm still trusting him for some other areas. Amen? I could tell you story after story about things like that. They, they, even like my own house, I, I, I look at it and I think, man, I bought a, two a huge two-family house when I had no money in the bank and bad credit. Go, go try to do that without God. Amen? But, but, it's, but, but you know what? That was, that's old news. I'm still serving the same God today that I was serving back then. And I'm still trusting Him for some marriages and for some relationships and for some breakthroughs in people's lives. Amen? I, I could tell you stories all day. I could tell you how I was carrying over $25,000 in credit card debt. Anybody been there? Holla. Go ahead. Right? You, you know those credit card bills that, they, you know, you got the card maxed out to 10 and this card maxed out to 10. Anybody? Just me. I know. I know. You guys are good financial stewards. Bless God. But, but right? And, and you know those credit card bills that you pay every month and you send them a little extra and you pay and you pay and you realize it's been three years and it's still 10 grand? Right? Capital One, curse you in Jesus' name. No. <laughs> right? So, so I, had, I, had to, I had a few of those. I was 20. But, but listen, I, I, I could tell you how God opened the door when I wasn't even looking and provided a job that I didn't even apply for. And, 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 and I could tell you how <coughs> just last month I made the last payment. I'm credit card debt free. Amen. Come on, pray if you want that anointing. It's not mine, it's his. Amen? And, and he's no respecter of persons, so you can have it too. If he could give it to a wretch like me, amen? So, but, but, but you know what? That was last month's testimony. I'm still serving the same God today. And I'm still trusting him. Anybody still with me? See, the more you look back and you see what God has delivered you from before, the more fearless we should be with new situations. But sometimes that doesn't always happen, right? See, I want to start this new year off in power and authority with a faith that is fearless. Anybody with me? I want to be talking about it, but this time next year, all the things that we got to experience, and, and so that by next year, a few others in this body will be walking fearless. Because there's something awesome about a man of God that just walks fearless. Oh, Somebody's going to get that breakthrough today, I believe it. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is your shepherd, you shall be in want of nothing. See, I've been reading and listening, and the more, the more I read about these men and women in the Word, the more I understand two things. And those are the two things I want to drop on you today. Praise God, they're not seven. Go ahead. Two things. Number one, these men and women in the Word, they did some amazing things. Isn't that true? You ever read a story and go, oh my God. No? You're not reading your Bibles then. What's going on? If you're not having that experience, it's because you're reading a little devotional every day with one little scripture and this long devotional about a man's thoughts and ideas, but you're not reading the Word where you can get the full story and get the full, amen, and make your own devotion out of that. 
right? And so, so when, when we read about these extraordinary experiences, these stories that were recorded for us to learn from, the things that they overcame, the things that, they, that we would be scared to even talk about, they, they got put in some situations not even their mamas thought they were going to get out of. Amen? We look at these characters and we look at them as the heroes of our faith. How many of you said that, right? The heroes. These are like super, and we like to keep them in that, in that realm, the men and women of faith in the Bible. We like to keep them in that superhero realm. We, we picture Paul as the dark knight with a spiritual cape, and Timothy, his boy wonder, right? They're superheroes, man. We, we, like to, we look at Peter, and, and he walked on water, so I guess he'd be Aquaman, right? And, and Daniel, man, he was bite-proof. Lions couldn't bite him. He, he's our spiritual superman, amen? Elijah, he must have been like Thor because he, he, he called down fire from heaven, right? So the apostles become the Avengers, right? And, 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 and we look at them in that way because even though the Bible is very careful to show us all the flaws... Very careful to show us all the mistakes, all the bonehead things that these guys did many of the time. Amen? I mean, you know, Peter and all those guys, they put their foot in their mouths more often than they said anything spiritual. Right? When, when they said something spiritual and Jesus said something back to them, they were like, word, I said that? It was like a shock to, even to them, right? So the Bible makes it very clear, but, but we don't like to look at that. We like to look at David, the warrior. We love to think about David, the worshiper. You'll never hear a sermon on David, the peeping Tom. David, the voyeur. You'll never hear a message on David, the adultering, lying, cheating, snake, backbiting, murdering crook that he was. Right? Why? Because we, if we keep them in the superhero range... It gives us an excuse to live weak. Come on, you with me? We ready to go in? There's Benge in my office. You'll show out there later. It, 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 it gives us an excuse to live weak. It, it keeps us from taking chances. It, it gets us off the hook. When we see Jesus walking on the water toward us, we, we could be like the other people in the boat and let Super Peter take a step out into the water. Right? You remember that story? There were other people in the boat. How come they didn't step out? You ever, did that, you ever think about that? And did you ever tell yourself that would have been me? I'll be honest with you, I would have been the second one out of the boat. I, I could tell you that. Once I saw Peter get some airtime, I'd be in there. I probably wouldn't have been the first one. I'm not going to lie to you. But once I saw Peter getting some airtime, I, I would have stepped out there too, for sure. Amen? But the word doesn't tell us that. It was one guy that stood out. So by, by keeping Super Peter there, then it gives us an excuse to live weak, right? By making them the heroes of our faith, the bold, the brave, then we don't ever have to attempt anything that they did. Because we're not superheroes. Which brings me to the second thing I understand more and more as I read and study the scriptures. Number two, they were not superheroes. They were ordinary men. Say regular people like you and me. The difference only showed when they let themselves be led by the Spirit of God. 
You step into the, the phone booth where they change into, that was the Spirit of God. Whenever they changed, whenever they allowed themselves to be led by the Spirit of God, that's when they entered superhero range. That's when the red tights came out. Whenever they were submitted to God. See, because when God is your shepherd, he causes you to lie down in green pastures. He makes you, be, be, he leads you beside still waters. Even when you mess up, he restores my soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. See, when you and I submit to the will of God, we're supernatural. We enter that superhero realm. And in that realm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, as we see and read throughout the word of God, sometimes God leads us to still waters. Sometimes God puts us in green pastures. Say, say amen. How many of you know that, right? The green pastures, there's provision. There's refreshing. Anybody been in the green pastures and the still waters? I know for some of you it's been a long time, but, but you've been there. You remember it. Amen? But how many of you know sometimes God will have to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death? Sometimes we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We can't avoid that. As much as we want to and try, we cannot. You can read 42 books from the bookstore. You can listen to the audio books. And 17 ways to avoid the valley of death. You cannot avoid walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You know why? Because in the valley of the shadow of death, you get to know a different side of God that you won't meet by the still waters. There's another, another character of God. There's another side to this God that we won't feel, that we won't understand, that we won't get to meet until we're in the valley of the shadow of death. Amen? Because even there, God says, I'm with you. Giving us all excuse and all authority to walk fearless. Because if God is with me, who can be against me? Amen? Can you imagine if we really believe that? Like, that's a cool thing to put on a t-shirt. That's a cool thing to put around your license plate. That's a cool, man, God is for us. Who can be against us? Right? Put it on a name chain. I, I don't know. But do imagine if we really believe that. Like, if God is for me, who can be against me? That's, that's fearless. Amen? That's fearless. When was the last time you compared yourself to someone you read about in the Word? Think about that. When was the last time you read something Paul did? When, when Paul was preaching and he got arrested and he got beat and left for dead and then they released him and he got out of prison and he started preaching again on the same spot. How many of you read that story and said, yo, that was me, bro. I would, that, would be, I would be, that was me. I would do that. Anybody? <laughs> Just Laura? Did you ever read the story of Joseph? This was a killer, man. When the Pharaoh's wife was, was, was wanting him. Remember that story, right? And, and Joseph had free reign to everything in the house. And, and the Pharaoh's wife, she was this, this forget about it. I could only imagine she had to be the hottest woman on the, the side, right, in the, in the city. And she was 
probably, you know, in like a lingerie from Victoria's Secret. And she was like, hey, papi, you're so caliente. I want you. Come on, baby, baby, baby. Sleep with me. Sleep with me. She would tell him every day, come sleep with me, papi. You're so hot. I want you. I want you. And, 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 and Joseph said, and Joseph grabbed and, and ran and broke out. He, he broke out so fast that the, the coat stayed there. How many of you said, man, that would be me, bro. I'd be all up. What? What? I wish somebody tried that with me. That'd be me. I'll run. I'll probably jab her twice just to grab the coat because I don't want to leave evidence, and I'm out. How many of you ever read the story and put yourself in there? I wish somebody would. How many of you read the story of Daniel, man, and the lions? Then Daniel, the king had to punish him for praying to God and not to him. And, and so the king tells him, bro, I got to punish you, man. I'm sorry it's by the law. And, and he throws him into the lion's den for praying. How many of you read that story and said, I wish somebody would throw me in the lion's den for praying? I wish that, man. Because, see, I'm trying to change your mentality because imagine if we said, I wish somebody would throw me in the lion's den because I'd love to see how God would get me out of that. I think that was Daniel was thinking. I, I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the lion's den. See, there's a side of God that you can't know by still waters. There's a character of God that you can only experience in the valley of the shadow of death. You can't know that comfort unless you've been there. We need to step into it fearless. We need to be men and women that say, God, I can't wait to be in the lion's den. I know, like two people excited. Everybody else going... I hope you're going to give me something other than that. <laughs> I don't ever see myself being excited about going. But see, you say, man, if you're excited about going into the... Because imagine what can happen. Think about it. What can happen? God will throw you in the lion's den. Lions want to eat you. You're praying. Either God's going to shut the mouths of the lion like he did for Daniel. Or the lions are going to kill you. And the last thing you did was praying. You were in God's presence. So you close your eyes in the den and you open them up in glory. You say, hey God, what's up? I was just praying. <laughs> I'm so glad that you caught me praying. What, how else would you want to go, right? That's the, you close your eyes in the storm and wake your eyes up in glory, man. Amen? Fearless, church. These guys were fearless, but they were still regular people. Say, prove it. Come on, tell me, challenge me. Say, prove it. Okay, I'm going to prove it. Book of Acts, chapter 3. Let me give you a perfect example. Peter and John, they were walking. <coughs> and they were walking by the temple gate, beautiful. And there was a beggar that was lame since birth. And every day his friends would carry him and drop him at the gate because that was his money-making thing. That's how he would make money. So his friends since birth would drop this guy. I mean, probably not as a baby, but you understand what I'm saying. Since he's been lame all his life. And so one day Peter and John are walking and this guy starts to call out, Hey, give me some. I need to, you know, buy me a Big Mac or something, man. You give me a whatever, a Malta. Uh, and, 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 and Peter says, listen, man. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he reached out his hand, and the guy grabbed his hand, and power hit his legs, and power strengthened him up. And he stood up for the first time in his whole life. 
And if you read the word, it says that he was jumping around and skipping. Because imagine if you've never walked, imagine how what a good skipper you'd be. Right? Imagine you never walked. Your legs have never been un, you know, crunched. And all of a sudden they're straight. And you got thighs and you got hamstrings. and you What? So it says he was skipping around them all through the courts. And people were angry. And so they, they brought him in and to question him. They arrested him. They got thrown in jail for doing that. They got arrested. And, and then the next day they questioned him. And the word says in Acts chapter 3, Peter said, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, told them, Wait, are you serious? You, we're being brought here because of an act of kindness? And you want to know who healed and what name did we heal him? Oh, we healed him in the name of Jesus. You know who he is. You crucified him and God rose him from the dead. And by the way, there's no other name under heaven and earth by which you can be saved. And here's, here's what, he, he, what he spit out. Here's the proof. He says in verse 13, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Say proof. They were unschooled, ordinary men. Those of you that think I got to go to seminary before I can share the word with anybody. I got to be a member of this and that and then study before I can share the word with anybody. They were regular, unschooled, ordinary men. When the people realized and saw their courage, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So the word says, when they saw the courage, they were astonished and recognized that these men had been with Jesus. Family, when was the last time someone was astonished by your courage? Go to sobate.com. When was the last time someone was, 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 you wowed anybody with your boldness? What, what have you done lately that people would take note that you had been with Jesus? This is convicting. I'm not putting it on you, I'm receiving it, you understand? This is convicting. When was the last time we wowed anybody with our boldness? When was the last time somebody said, man, that guy's definitely been with Jesus? See, when God is our shepherd, the verse says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head, my cup overflows. I love that scripture so much. Listen, we give so much power and energy to our enemies, to those that talk about us, to those that gossip, to those that spread rumors about us. The word says, when God is your shepherd, he sets a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. So picture this. You're chilling. With a feast. Your enemies are all watching. All the haters, hate nation is all around you. And you're sitting at a table, a feast that God has prepared for you. And God's anointing your head with oil. And he's overflowing your cup. <laughs> What's better than that? Amen? Nobody gets that. You, you'll get it. Because it's amazing. Family, we have to stop living weak, uncertain, timid, fearful lives. And we have to stop now. Like, I'm not talking about next year. I'm not talking about... We have to stop living in fear right now. 
See, once Jesus overcame death, what else is there? Forget about all that. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can help anyone. I haven't been in church long enough. I'm not a member. I don't have this. I can't do that. Stop whining and start shining. Amen? Come on, somebody tweet that. Stop whining and start shining for this new year. Because the spirit of the living God is in you. Do you understand the power of that? Obviously not. Visitors, if you're visiting today, um, I'm actually glad you're here. Because if you're going to start something, you should start it right. Amen? If you're going to start serving the Lord, if you, don't copy or imitate that weak, wishy-washy Christianity you see on TV or you're used to seeing in churches all over the world. It's time, if you're going to do something, do it right. Amen? If you're going to step in fearless, then step in fearless all the way. Because understand something. We gather here each week and we worship the King of Kings. And, and I, I definitely believe we take that for granted sometimes. We worship the Lord of Lords, which by the way, the scriptures teach us that when we worship, God inhabits that praise. So that means when we gather for worship, even if you're not worshiping, if there's six of us here worshiping, two or three even, the word says, then the presence of God is all over it. God is inhabiting that. So even if you're not going in, you're in it. Right? So you're in the presence of God every time that we, that we gather. But, but, but listen, so, so, so when we worship, God is all up in that. We spend time in the presence of God every week. When you worship in your car, anybody put on worship music when you're in your car, you're all alone? When you worship in your car, even by yourself, you're in the presence of God. In the very presence of the living, almighty God. But when Moses spent time with God, he was different. He was changed. Right? When Moses would spend time with God and he would come down, he would glow. He'd have to put on a hoodie. And Moses always walked around like a dog with a hoodie. Because when he was wet, if, if, he, if, he, if he lifted it up, he'd go... It was glowing, right? When, when people are in the presence of God, they walk away changed. How come sometimes we don't? I told you this was a big icy hot message. When Jacob spent time in the presence of God, he wrestled with God. Some of us come on Sunday and we wrestle with God. I know we do because I do, right? Sometimes we up in here wrestling. People don't even know. You could just be standing there. Praise God. But inside, you're wrestling, right? Anybody? Or just me? You're wrestling inside. I said, God, I don't understand why you did this. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the car. My car broke down. How am I going to pay that bill? God, where's my provider? God, where? And you, praise God. Hallelujah. How you doing? I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. God, I need you right now. I need, I don't even know how I'm going to feed my kids today. I don't know how I'm going to pay. How you doing? Praise the Lord. Amen. Woo, I'm blessed. But we wrestling with God, right? But, but when Jacob wrestled with God, God messed up his hip. He walked different. When you're in the presence of God, that should happen with us. Family, listen, the reason that I put the, the names of God in the lobby is so that you can see them and know them. 
So that every week you're reminded, every week when you look at those names, take notice again when you come in every time. Take notice and read Jehovah Rafi, the God my shepherd. Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is present. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord my righteousness. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Look at those things and understand them. Listen, all through the word we find the names depicting the character of God you're ready for this lean in lean in he's the advocate the almighty the all in all the alpha the ancient of days the anointed one the author of eternal salvation he's the author of peace the beginning the bread of life the bridegroom the bright morning star he's Christ he's comforter he's the consuming fire he's the cornerstone the counselor the creator the deliverer the door the dwelling place the Emmanuel he's the everlasting father I'm going in alphabetical order he's the excellent he's the faithful and true He's the Father. He's the firstborn. He's the first fruits. He's my fortress, my foundation, my friend. He's a, somebody should stand up. He's the gentle whisper. He's the God Almighty. He's the God who sees. He's the good shepherd. He's the head of the church. He's the hiding place, the Holy Ghost, the Holy One of Israel. He's my hope, my husband. He's the I am. He's the image of God. He's the intercessor. He's Jesus. He's judge. He's king of glory. He's king of Jews. He's king of the kings. He's lamb of God. He's the last Adam. Somebody should run around this place. He's the lawgiver. He's the life. He's the light of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the living God, the living stone, the living water, the Lord God Almighty. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of lords, my love, my master, my mediator, my Messiah. He's the offspring of David. He's the Omega. He's the only begotten son. He's my Passover lamb. He's our peace. He's our physician, our portion, our potter, our prince of peace. He's the purifier, the redeemer, the refiner's fire, the refuge, the resurrection. Don't stop now. He's the rewarder, the righteous one, the rock, the savior, my seed, my servant, my shade, my shield, my source, my strength. He's my stone, my stronghold, my strong tower. He's the truth. He's the vine. He's the way. He's the wisdom of God. He's my witness and he's wonderful. <laughs> How can you be fearless? How can we be fearless? And look, look, take this, take this, because this scripture is written right above the door as you walk in, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous walk into it, and they are safe. Go ahead, sit down, man, sit down. <laughs> sit down, because I ain't even finished yet. Listen, when you're fearful, run into one of those names. Pick one. When you're fearful, run into Proverbs 18.10. His name is the strong tower. Run into it and be safe. 
You can run into his name anywhere you are in whatever situation you're in, no matter what is around you, no matter what's going on. You can step into the name of God and be safe. And picture yourself in a strong tower. (laughs) You can be fearless because in him you're safe. How can we get accustomed to all that? How can we take that for granted week after week? Week after week, we can hold on to, how do we hold on to all the junk that we came in here with and not lay it down and weep and cry and kick and scream and do whatever it takes so that when we walk out of here, people would take note that we've been with God. You know, that has to happen, family. When we step out of here, people should take note. You shouldn't have to tell nobody you came from church. People should say, you, you've been with God. Surely you've been with God. Well, how come? <laughs> no, it's not you, man. There's something in you. Surely you've been with God. That means, church, if you walked in here cranky, if you walked in here hurt, if you walked in wounded, if you walked in bitter, if you walked in with unforgiveness, if you walked in and you had issues with people, if you walked in angry, you walked in blind, you have to determine to walk out different. If we would only take a step, like the same way the lame man, somebody threw money at the altar. What's going on here? I just noticed that. I ain't a stripper. What's going on? It's a Jesus thing going on here. If we could step in, man, and just take that step of faith that that lame man took and reached out to, to, to Peter and said, yeah, I want that. And we would receive power and boldness and authority, amen. That man could have said, nah, man, I don't want your hand. I want your money. You still with me? I don't want to walk. This is how I make a living. Check it. If I could walk, then I'd have to work. And if I could work, then beggars would be asking me for money. And I don't want to be giving nobody money. I don't want to be healed. I, wanna, I don't want to be empowered. I don't want abundance. I just want enough for today. Unfortunately, that's the mentality we come to God with too often. I just want enough of your presence to give me goosebumps. Santo. I just want a little santo once in a while. That's it. I don't, I don't want to be changed. I, I, I just want a little change. Listen, if you want a little change, trust in Obama. If you want transformation, you need Jesus. Amen? Some people are satisfied with a religious experience, but they don't want change. Listen, I don't want to really change. I don't want to have to really start being good to my wife, loving my kids. I don't want to have to be friendly. I don't want to have to be kind or generous. Just give me a drink. Don't bring me to the well. Don't plant me by the rivers of living water. Just fill my cup. For today, don't overflow it because that's messy. Church, it's time to be fearless. Anybody ready? I wish I could tell you I'm done, but I'm not. We got to get this in before the year's up, all right? Just bear with me. Two, three more hours, just bear with me. We're going to get through. (laughs) 
Because church, that other kind of Christianity is dead and boring. Yeah, yeah, I want the real deal, amen? We sell the cheap stuff to everybody. We sell the bumper sticker Christian t-shirt faith, and that can't be. I want the, 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 the real fearless faith, the faith that says, man, listen, we need 18,000 and we're not going to close. And say, okay, so let's gather and pray and watch it come in. Bam! <laughs> Bam! That's, that's representative of the 20 grand that's coming in right now to wipe out the debt. I believe it. Why? Because I've seen it. Not because of uh, me, not because, of, because I know that God is faithful. Why? Because I've went through the valley of the shadow of death. And even there, God's been with me. And, and when I got tired of being in the valley, he'll bring me to still water sometimes. And he'll refresh me with rivers of living water. Amen? But I know that I can't live there, so I don't set up tent there. I know that I'm a hiker. I'm a, a man on a journey. Amen? And so I'll enjoy the time by the rivers. I'll enjoy Because I know sometimes God's going to say, okay, it's time to go into the valley. And, and if we stay here, we stay stagnant. And, 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 and too often we, we, we stay, this is, this is going to be hard, I'm sorry, but too often we'll stay here and we want the church of the still waters. And so when the church wants to go into the valley of the shadow of death, we'll say, no, no, I'll go to another church of the still waters. Because by the still waters, I'm, ge- I'm getting fed. In, in the church of the green pasture, I'm being fed. There's provision, there's word, there's fresh word, there's this, and I'm always getting fed. Oh, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to be spiritually fat. I'm not going to do exercise or walk it out, but I like it here because there's buffet up in here. And we want that word buffet. I, wanna, I want discipleship class and, and Bible lessons and, and learning and discipleship and learning and learning. I'm never going to do anything, but I want to learn and learn and learn. I want to be a professional student of the word. I want to break down the Greek and the Hebrew. I want to break down the parables and break down and study and impress people. with the. I'm never going to do anything, but I love it right here at the Church of the Still Waters. That Christianity gets real boring real quick. It's dead. You know, still waters, they stink after a while. Oh, come on, y'all get that later. I'll close with this last story. I love this. Is, this is my, my favorite fearless story of the word. I want you to imagine Elijah. See, when Elijah was listening and trusting God, he was fearless. Probably, to me, the most impressive story of the word. He was fearless. You can read the whole story in 1 Kings. We don't have time to get into it. I'll tell you my version. When Elijah said so, it would rain. When he said no, it didn't rain. Can can you imagine the authority that God, the authority that you have in God that you say, not going to rain in the Bronx for three years. And then walk off the stage, and it doesn't rain for three years in the Bronx. Can you imagine the authority, right? <coughs> so, so Elijah does this, right? Because God tells him to, and then God tells him, listen, go show yourself to the king. He's been looking all over for you. So the king, he finds him, he shows himself to the king, and the king says, so you're the one to blame. 
I hear that you're the one to blame for all this drought and famine because there's a severe famine in the land. People are starving. It's bad, right? It hasn't rained in three years. And so he says, so you're the one to blame. Elijah says, no, nah, man, it's not me. It's your damn idolatry that's to blame for all of this. It's the, why don't, he says, why don't you decide one way or other if you're going to serve God or not? He says, as a matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. Go gather up your 450 prophets of Baal. Oh, and tell those 400 prophets of Asherah that your wife worships, tell them to come too. You guys are good with math, right? 850 priests of these other gods, right? High priests. These are the prophets of Baal and Asherah. 850. And he says, and bring them all and meet me at Mount Carmel. Now, at this point, Elijah thought that he was the only Christian left. It wasn't true, but that's what he thought. So imagine how much more fear, fearless he is, thinking he's the only one left of, of, that serves God still, and he brings all these people and challenges them. And he tells them, if you don't know the story, it's an awesome story. He says, all right, they're going to get one bull. I'm going to get another bull. And each side is going to pray to their God. And we're not going to light the sacrifice. Each side is going to pray to their God. And the God that answers with fire is the true God. Isn't that incredible? Don't you wish we could do that today? Like on Times Square? Let me shut up before God sends me to do that. <laughs> so he says, you're going to get one bull. I'm going to get the other bull. Each side is going to pray. Man, that is fearless faith. I want you to picture the scenario. All of these religious people, but anything, the most demonic thing you could think of. Picture all those scenes in the movies that you shouldn't have been watching anyway. Picture, picture that multiplied 850 times. All these people, all these, they're performing these rituals to get their God to send fire. It had to be a horrific scene. The scripture tells us that, that after a while, when fire didn't come, that they started cutting themselves and piercing themselves with swords. So now picture 850 bloody prophets. They're killing each other with swords to bleed so that, so that their God would be appeased by the blood. And they're worshiping and they're crying out. And, and Elijah's sitting over here and this is the best. He's mocking them. He's probably sitting like on a lawn chair that he put out in the desert. And he's like, maybe you should shout a little louder. Maybe your God is sleeping. And they're worshiping and screaming and cutting and slashing themselves and offering up themselves to this God. And he says, um, surely maybe he's busy. Maybe your God is doing something else. I don't know. We'll wait. And it says from morning to night, they're, they're doing all these rituals. And I, I imagine half of them are dead already from all the bleeding out and, and the scene. I, I can't even think of what it would look like. But Elijah says, okay, you guys, enough, enough. It's not even, it's not even warm, the bull. <laughs> Forget about fire. There's no fire coming here. He says, okay, let's, let's try this. And he says, but before I pray, hold on. And what he does is he rebuilds the altar. And he builds it in, in a way that was, that was custom. See, so, so sometimes, church, we, we have to repair some things before God will answer our prayers. Amen? Sometimes we need to repair or correct things in our lives that hinder fellowship with God. So Elijah does an important thing. He rebuilds the altar. And then he builds a trench all around the altar. And then he tells him, go get these big vats of water and saturate the bull. 
So they come with these water, this big vats of water, and they pour it over the bull. So now the bull is sat. How many know wet wood and wet sacrifice don't go well? They don't burn, right? And so once they saturate it, he says, do it again. They're like, are you serious? Big vats of water, and they come and they saturate. He said, do it a third time. He's just showing off now, right? He's, so three times they, they pour all these vats of water so much that the, the trench around it is now filled with water. See, we got, he, he wanted to make sure that there was no natural way that this could be lit. We have to trust God. See, God's, God's answer and God's favor doesn't come when there are things natural. There's some things that you should do on your own that you've been asking God to do. There's some things we say, oh God, you got to get me a job. You got to get me a job and play video games all day. No. Right? And, and there's a lot of things. God, oh, you got to change this, this, my boyfriend. And no, I never brought him to you. That's some knucklehead that you grabbed off the street. I didn't have him for you. You want me to clean him up? No, he's not yours. He's somebody else's headache, but you chose him for you and you want me to give you aspirin. No. Run away from that guy. Run away from that girl. There's, I don't know how I got into that, but anyway. Somebody need to hear that. Praise God. So, so, so fearless faith doesn't depend on or isn't limited to the natural way of things. Wet wood doesn't burn. A wet bull saturated and soaked in water will not catch fire. So he makes sure that you guys understand, that we understand, that everyone there understands there's no trick going on here. This is totally undoable by man, but what's impossible for man, amen? So then Elijah prays, and he goes into this long six-hour theologically correct and sound and doctrinal prayer. No, he prays like a three-sentence prayer. I love this. Because this takes away all your excuses. Oh, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to sound right. I don't know how to make my prayers eloquent. I don't know how to reach God. Like God only understands King James. No. He prays so simple. Three sentences. Basically, he says, Yo, God, show yourself strong. Win these people back to you. Amen. And fire fell. Somebody say fire fell. It says it consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the wood, consumed everything, and even dried up all the water in the, in the, in the trench. Dried it all, licked it all up. It was gone, amen? But Elijah was an ordinary man. Last one, say prove it. James 5.17. Look it up for yourselves. It says Elijah was a man just like you and me. He was an ordinary man. It says, but he prayed earnestly. You want further proof that he was an ordinary man? After he did all that fearless move, he gets one little text message from, from this chick, Je uh, Jezebel. She threatens him. She says, I'm gonna, you're going to be dead by the end of today. And this text message scares him, and he runs into the desert and cries to God and says he wants to die. See, when we're not led by the Spirit of God, he was a punk just like any one of us. The proof that he was a regular guy, but when he was listening to God, he was fearless. And you know what that means? Every one of us qualify. Say amen. Worship team, come. 
Is anybody ready to walk fearless this year? Are you convinced? Are you convinced that everyone we read about in the Word was ordinary? They were regular. They were just like you and I. The only time that power showed is when they were in the will of God, when they were being led by God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Gary, come. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. See, in, in a practical way, what this all breaks down to is it's time to come out of your comfort zone and just do what's safe and comfortable because you're never going to accomplish anything, not in the church, not in your family, not in your job. It's all about making a decision right here and right now that I'm going to look in the face of my fear. I'm going to take the hand of a God that loves me because the Word says it's God's perfect love that casts out that fear in your life. And I'm going to step out into whatever God's called me to do. You know what that means? Some of you... You know that you're supposed to go back to school and you've got this thing in your head. Well, I don't know if I can still do it. I don't know where the money's going to come from. Maybe next year. It's time to get rid of maybe next year. I don't want to go into 2013 with that same cycle going in my head. It means taking what we call a step of faith. That's how you overcome fear. It means you just put your foot in front of the other and you make a decision. No matter how I feel, I'm not going to look at my emotions, but I'm going to believe God for the impossible. Some of you, God has been speaking to you about about a career, about a business. And you keep saying, someday, someday, it's time to step out. It's time to do whatever God called you to do. For some of you, it's ministry. You know what God showed me? That there's some of you here, and you know that that person you're with, you're supposed to ask them to marry you. And you're stepping in that same fear. Well, I, well, it didn't work out in my family. And I don't know where the money's coming from. I'm tired of these altar calls. And we do the same thing. And nothing changes. I, I'm ready for a real altar call. I'm ready for a call where when you say you're going to step out, you're going to leave here with a 
plan in your head. Well, here, this is how I'm going to do it. And I've been trying to figure out, well, how can we pray for you? How... That don't work. I'm tired of that. Here, here's the altar call. If you're saying, I'm going to do whatever God calls me to do, I'm going to look into the... You see that lion over there? You're saying, I'm going to look into the face of that lion, and I don't care how loud he roars, I'm going to step out. I'm going into that ministry. I'm, I'm going to go into that marriage. I'm going into that profession. I'm, I'm going, if God tells, I keep hearing there's a few of you, God's told you it's time to leave that job because you know he's got something better for you. And you're sitting and you're sitting and waiting. And 20 years from now, you're going to come with the same story. Well, don't tell it to me. It's time to move. It's time to go. So here's the whole altar call. I'm not going to pray. We're not going to lay hands on you. But if you're saying, I'm ready to go. I'm putting my fear aside. It'll make me uncomfortable. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I'm ready to step out for God. I'm ready to face the fear. No more anxiety, no more worry is going to hold me back. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat, and somebody might look at you, who cares, and just start making your way up here. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to say anything, but I'm looking for that few. God is looking for that one. This is a practical way to say, I'm, I'm comfortable in my seat. Oh, I, I love to come in the seat where no one will notice me, but not anymore. I'm not hiding in my seat anymore. I'm ready to believe God. I'm going to take him at his word. Don't, don't let this year pass. And a new one come with that same old cycle, the same mindset. And then we'll be here next year at the same time, preaching the same thing because nothing happened. I'd rather stay home and watch TV. I don't come to church just for that. I come to church believing that this is the day when God is going to call me into the miraculous, to the impossible. So, Father, I pray for each one, Lord God, who has been willing to take that step. And I release a new level of boldness, of fearlessness. Just receive that right now. I release the jobs, the careers, the ministries, the marriages, the miraculous healing. Fearless, 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 Lord. The Lord just showed me that some of you, you've been... God's spoken to you about becoming a doctor or a lawyer, and it seems impossible. So you say, you stay stuck. No more. God says he's going to provide. Mm. Fearless. Fearless. In Jesus' name, I break the spirit of fear off you right now. In Jesus' name. Come on. 
God did not give you a spirit of fear. Come on. But he gave you a sound mind that doesn't react to anything but him. In mm. Jesus' name, mm. I release the peace mm. of God over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I decree yeah. and declare that in this new year, there's nothing that you can't do. I release yes. jobs, yes. better yes. jobs, promotions. Yes. yes. Marriages, supernatural yes, healing, Lord. Yes, Lord. ministries, yes, Lord. nations. Yes, Lord. And yes, Father, Lord. we bless you today. Yes, Let, Lord. Let's just worship him yes, now. Lord. Yes, Lord. We're yes, not going to have to lay hands on you. You're going to have to lay hands on me Come because on. you yeah. got to have the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Father, right now, just worship. Yes. Yes. Let's yes. praise yes. him. Yes. Everybody, yes. let's just yes. lift him up. Yes. Let's leave yes. this year worshiping the Almighty God.